Section 8 of The History Teacher's Magazine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The History Teacher's Magazine, Volume 1, Number 1, September 1909, Section 8. European History in the Secondary School. D.C. Knowlton, Ph.D. Editor Medieval History a Problem It may be superfluous to remind the reader at the beginning of the difficulties inherent in the presentation of medieval history. The appreciation of this fact, however, may serve somewhat to compensate the conscientious teacher who looks back upon his successive efforts to present the subject with anything but a feeling of satisfaction. When the German schoolmaster admits, as does Dr. Jaeger, after the reading of thousands of pages in preparation for his work, that the medieval world is essentially alien to our comprehension, and that vivid and realistic description, the most fruitful part of our instruction, is only possible here to a very moderate extent. The teacher on this side of the Atlantic has no reason to feel chagrined over his own failures. On the contrary, he can approach his task with a satisfaction which comes from the feeling that he is assisting others in the solution of a most difficult problem. It must also be remembered that the German teacher has this advantage, of which he makes full use, that he is presenting the Middle Ages as the American teacher presents the colonial period, to furnish a background for the proper understanding of his own history. Medieval Culture the Middle Ages do not require the elaborate, detailed treatment of later periods, and yet it must be admitted that much time will often be consumed in securing anything like an intelligent comprehension of the rudiments or elements of the subject. The period may be approached from many points of view. Possibly the most fruitful are the culture side and the idealistic side. It is indeed possible to combine these two ideas. So much of our literature pictures medieval society, especially as it has to do with the castle and the monastery, that the first phase cannot fail to prove attractive. Dr. Jaeger further points out that the men of this period, intellectually so narrow-minded, so uncultured, and so limited, would go to any extreme sacrificing their personal comfort, aye, even their lives in their devotion to an idea. At one extreme stands the warrior, at the other the monk, and yet how much they resemble each other. The monk penetrates the forests of Germany and braves unknown dangers in his devotion to Mother Church. The crusader, no less of a devotee, lays down his life under a foreign sky, far removed from home and friends. There is then much that is attractive in the period if we follow it with this second thought in mind. Although these men were living embodiments of ideas which may be alien to our comprehension, their very ardor and enthusiasm become contagious once the teacher catches a little of the spirit which animated them. Around some of these great personalities, too, can be woven much of the life of the times. A Charlemagne not only becomes the embodiment of the imperial idea, but behind him looms the shadowy outlines of the imperial system. A Richard I suggests the castle, the tournament, the flower of chivalry, the knight-errant, 
and finally a gregory the seventh becomes the incarnation of a great ecclesiastical hierarchy more terrible with its anathemas maranathas than the bloodiest battlefields the culture phase is admirably presented in the recent textbooks an example in robinson munro west hardy and myers when once the teacher becomes saturated with the life and habits of thought of these times it will not prove such a difficult task to point out and emphasize the ideals of men of the period many of which should enter into the warp and woof of american character in this connection the teacher will find professor emerton's address before the new england history teachers association on the teaching of medieval history in the schools most helpful and inspiring the old empire and the new the discussion for the first few weeks of the course must of necessity center largely about the new field upon which history is in the process of making the empire of charlemagne its disruption of the result of its own inherent weaknesses and the renewed attacks of the barbarians and the growth of feudalism as a partial result of these and other forces which have been at work in europe of the early middle ages three points will call for special emphasis the field the essential forces at work in this field and the people who are responsible for their development the student can best realize conditions in 800 a.d by contrasting this new empire with the old roman empire with which he is already familiar two maps might be made one of the roman empire at its greatest extent the other of Charlemagne's possessions, showing its Slavic neighbors on the east and its Saracenic on the south. The student should then grasp the fact that for the next 500 years, with the exception of tiny England, the history of European progress is circumscribed by the narrow limits of this new empire, which, although including portions of the old, has transferred the center of interest to the plains of Central Europe. To the east, and southeast are the Slavs and the remains of the eastern half of the Roman Empire, which, having played its part in history, remains merely as a storehouse of the intellectual, literary, and artistic treasures of the remote past. To the south are the Saracens, who one hundred years before had threatened to place the crescent above the cross, but were beaten back upon the sunny plains of France. Out of this empire are to emerge the France, Germany, and Italy of the distant future. Spain is not to be rescued from her infidel conquerors until a new and far distant era dawns, that of Columbus, Cortes, and Pizarro. Christendom, as it is known, will have no interest beyond these confines, except as it is obliged to beat off the daring Northmen, or to admit them to unwelcome guests or as it forces its way eastward, throwing out its outposts to check the Slavic tide moving westward, or as its enthusiasm is kindled by Mother Church to undertake the rescue of Palestine from heathen lands, or as the zeal of its traders, who even at this early date begin to long for new fields to conquer, stimulates them to open communication with the strange and distant East. The two great forces at work are the two ideas of a universal church and a universal empire. The rise of the Christian church, its relation with Rome and the German invaders, might profitably be reviewed here, especially its connection with the founding of this new empire, which differs from the old in its dependence on and union with the papal power. 
these are the ideals which men set before them this will or the wisp of universal dominion was destined to lead many a man to his own ruin and that of the power upon which he relied to attain his end charlemagne the personality of charlemagne so naively portrayed by einhardt his desire not only to conquer but to serve the higher ideal of establishing a christian state cannot fail to attract the student especially if the teacher emphasizes the fact that he was the hero par excellence of the middle ages ample material for a study of his arrangements can be found in the source books and his system can easily be compared with the organization of the older empire although the people who were working out these new problems were largely of german blood it must not be forgotten that rome's influence had not been for naught but was still to be seen in the survival of the latin language in literature and the material aspects of its civilization its roads bridges aqueducts and walled towns and above all in this very tradition of universal dominion this last idea had been inherited on the one hand by the pope at rome and on the other hand by the king of the germans there is no one book which emphasizes the treatment which has been suggested for this first period the teacher can easily follow this line of development with any of the better textbooks freeman historical geography of europe has a good chapter on the geographical development chapter six also emerton medieval europe chapter one Signobos, History of Medieval and Modern Civilization, Chapter 6, will be found very helpful on feudalism. Also Emerton, Introduction to the Middle Ages, Chapter 15, and Adams, Civilization During the Middle Ages, Chapter 9. A Good Life of Charlemagne in English is Hodgkin, Charles the Great. There is an abundance of source material. Special mention might be made of the Thatcher and McNeil, numbers 7 through 9, 16 through 19, 191 through 194, and 209 through 217. Robinson, Chapter 7, on Charlemagne, Chapter 8, on the disruption of Charlemagne's empire, and Chapter 9, on feudalism. Chapter 9, on the age of Charlemagne, Chapter 10, on the era of the later Carolinians and chapter 13 on the feudal system good maps may be found in such atlases as freeman putzker and dow which should be in the hand of every live teacher college entrance questions the following questions are selected from some of the recent examinations state as definitely as possible what you conceive to be the place of charlemagne in european history what did the holy roman empire include how was it governed trace the connection between the breakup of the empire of charlemagne and the beginnings of a france b germany c italy what connection was there between the breakup of the carolingian empire and the rise of feudalism some questions on feudalism a good vantage point from which to approach the subject is to look upon feudalism as a result of the need of protection in an age of disorder and confusion then to follow this idea with an explanation of its relation to the holding of land 
when these elementary facts have been reasonably clear they will serve as an excellent basis for what must necessarily follow namely an explanation of how the various factors involved each played its part in building up an organization which though called a system is very often extremely puzzling for it is very lack of the same the feudal grant has now been made clear and the entering wedge has been driven for an understanding of vassalage it is now easy to explain immunity and to pass from this to the practice of sub-infudation and the mutual responsibilities involved in the feudal relation the diagram on page one fifteen of robinson's western europe will serve to give the student an excellent notion of the complexity of the feudal relation syllabi finally it is suggested that before taking up the medieval period with a class the teacher make a careful study of every available analysis an example the syllabus of the new england history teachers association or the syllabus of the regions of the state of new york which contains the same outline or the history syllabus of the state of new jersey in press or the numerous outlines of college lectures courses which have been appeared in printed form from time to time as richardson syllabus of continental european history and shepherd syllabus of the epochs of history explanation of chart european development eight hundred to nine hundred sixty two the vertical lines represent dates and important events the horizontal lines political divisions events of european importance as distinguished from those of purely local interest are indicated by lines intersecting the countries concerned in eight hundred there are two main divisions england and the empire egbert and charlemagne were contemporaries in eight forty three on account of the division of the empire at verdun it becomes necessary to follow the fortunes of four units england germany france and the middle kingdom sometimes called Lotharingia. the middle kingdom practically disappears by the partition of Mirsin, 870 soon after this event the empire of the charlemagne is temporarily reunited under charles the fat at his deposition the two larger units france and germany reappear with several smaller ones the most important being burgundy and italy in 962 the latter is absorbed in the new german empire of odo the great meanwhile england is working out its local problems influenced as it is the rest of europe by the coming of the northmen and the conditions attendant on the development of feudalism although odo was elected king of france by the nobles as early as 887 the throne passed back and forth between his house and the carolinians so that germany came under the permanent native dynasty much earlier than did france as will be seen by the diagram germany and italy rather than france are sacrificed to the ambition of the german rulers to restore and perpetuate the roman empire in the west End of section 8